handoff to John oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. We are continuing our free agency trials, looking at all the positions of need for the Indianapolis Colts. And today, we're going to be talking about the offensive tackles. I brought on a very special guest, co-host of Colts Brawl on the Brawl Network, Destin Adams. How are you doing, my man? Hey, I'm doing well. I mean, thanks for uh, asking me to come on. I mean, I got off work about 10 minutes ago, um, made, the, made the choice to go ahead and get on with you and slide over here into the guest room. So super excited to talk Colts. And and I'll just say this right off the bat, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Destin and I have both are on the train of, of not wanting to select any of these left tackles that we're about to discuss. We're all aboard the hype train of, drafting a guy, making him your own, you know, doing stuff like that. So just room for thought that, you know, when we go in and we're talking about these guys, just know that we would prefer to just select our own guy. But let's go ahead. Let's talk about some of these names here. And Dustin, I mean, it makes total sense. We'd start here with the guy that has been, had his name connected with the Indianapolis Colts for Honestly, for about two years now, people have been even saying, you know, with Costanzo from a year ago, uncertain about his future. You know, this guy's name was being brought up even then. And that is Trent Williams. I mean, left tackle from San Francisco, 33 years of age, uh, 2020 average value is about 13,600,000. Trent Williams, you know, is a guy that I don't think a lot of people question his ability. I think a lot of people do believe that if you brought Trent Williams in right away, that that would probably solidify the left tackle position at least for a year or two. And you would get a very solid left tackle and that would, you know, make your your offensive line the best one in the league. Probably no question. But I mean, it always comes down to the same thing here is how much is Trent Williams actually going to get paid? And is it worth spending that much money when there are other ways that we could spend that money in free agency? Yeah. I mean, so Trent Williams, I mean, I don't think his talent is even debatable. He's a guy who's a top 10 tackle in the league. Um, He's a very, he's very strong for even his age. He's able to outpower most guys on the edge, um, which has kind of made him a staple at left tackle in this league for so long with Washington for a while. um, And now he's with the 49ers. um, And honestly, he's a guy that he's probably a future hall of fame type tackle. Um, so this might be his one last contract. So I, in my opinion, looking at him, I expect him to want to go out and get his market value. I don't expect him to be a guy who takes less um, to go ring chasing or anything like that currently. Um, I don't know what you use um, to dictate what you believe market value is. I like to use spot spot track. Um, yeah, it's. And they have his value currently at 18.2 million. Um, he's the best tackle on the market. 
Um, so he's yes. gonna he's gonna get whatever he wants. Um, is basically what it's gonna come down to. I mean, any team that needs a tackle and they want to fill it in with a veteran right now, he's the go to guy. Um, so he'll be able to make that market. And I just don't think the Colts are gonna be in a bidding war for a guy at his caliber. I think he's I think he's a special talent at left tackle. I just don't think he's gonna end up a Colt. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. The the talent is there. There's no question, but. You know, with other needs that the Colts really could use right now, it's not worth investing 15 to 20 million a year uh, for one or two years for a guy that, you know, our offensive line's already good. And, you know, we, you and I have both agreed that, you know, we could plug a left tackle of almost any caliber in on this offensive line and they would still be semi good compared to everything else. So, yeah, Trent Williams. Talents there. We're not questioning that everyone, but you know, the value of which he's going to, I mean, now, now granted, if, you know, if Ballard can get this guy somehow for about, if somehow Trent Williams decides, you know what, I'm going for my last ride to want to go somewhere where I feel like I can contend and I can help be a part of a, of a great winning team that'll help me get to a Super Bowl, And he could get it. He gets paid like what? a two-year, $20 million contract from Ballard, I'll take that any day of the week. But, you know, like you said, I, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, or, and yeah. something something you mentioned about him that I just wanted to talk a little bit more into. The other big thing in the, about this is are you willing to pay the 15 to 20 realm for a guy who's going to be right next to a guy who in a couple of years is going to be the highest paid offensive lineman in football? Ryan yep. Kelly's already got paid. Braden Smith's going to get paid sooner or later. You you just can't really get to the point where you're putting that much money into the offensive line, no matter how important you believe it is. Um, and I think me and you would agree that it's a very important part of football. We watched. Oh yes. We watched a certain quarterback in Indianapolis his career end early because mm-hmm. the management didn't see the importance in the offensive line. But you can't put almost fifty percent of your cap space into it either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just too much. I mean, we, we all are in agreement here that, you know, investing good money into an offensive line is going to help you win football games and it's going to take you far into the NFL, but there comes a point when investing too much is a thing. And you know, you're, you're the rest of your team is not going to be up to standard with the rest of the league when we're talking about that, but let's go into some other guys here. And this is somebody that, again, is 33 years old. has been around the league for many, many years. And that is Alejandro Villanueva from Pittsburgh. Very, He's a big veteran guy. You know, he's been very consistent. Has been a guy that's never really made a lot of money in the NFL for a lot of reasons. But Villanueva has been a model of consistency. He's been the, the left tackle for Pittsburgh for pretty much the last decade. And is a very uh, reliable option. And, you know, this could be a guy that, you know, you could probably get for a pretty a, a pretty decent market value. I mean, I don't know. I don't remember what SpotTrack has, but uh, the average annual salary for uh, somebody like Villanueva is about $16 million. I mean, maybe he decides to maybe take a little less. But if that's true of $16.5 million, though, for Villanueva, again, for somebody that's 33 years old, I don't know if I really want to invest that much into somebody like Villanueva. Yeah, especially coming off of what was probably his worst year as a pro. 
I mean, you mm-hmm. can make the, you can make the argument that he was injured part of the year, which he which he was. Um, but I mean, going back and watching the Steelers last year, I mean, the biggest thing that kind of led to that collapse was their inability to run the football and the offensive line just utterly looking terrible in all mm-hmm. all five spots. Um, and I think that's why a guy like Villanueva is on the market because Pittsburgh knows they can improve there. Because you don't let a guy who's been your tackle for a decade walk um, just because. I mean, he's a guy who probably wants to stay in Pittsburgh. He'd probably take a little less to stay there. But there's a reason we're not hearing anything about him possibly being back there because – Honestly, last year, for lack of a better word, he sucked. He sucked last year, Derek. Like that's just how it was. I mean, he was that bad. So I mean, yeah, their, their offense for a lot of last year did kind of stink, and especially towards the end of the year. I mean, they were all getting really bad. And I don't always disagree with Spotrac's um, numbers. I cannot imagine a team's going to pay him north of fifteen million dollars. No, but I don't. I don't believe I, it either. There's just no way. Um, I'd be shocked if he got twelve from somebody. To be honest with you, um, but hey, mm-hmm. maybe a, maybe a team sees him as a plug-in starter that they can go and compete right away for a good team. Maybe, um, but. All I got to say is if a team's going to pay him um, north of $15 million, I pray it's the Texans, Jaguars, or Titans. Well, I mean, let's talk about another guy here. It's the Panthers' left tackle. Russell Okung uh, was a former first-round draft pick, number six overall in 2010. So, again, another veteran here. He's going to turn 33 at the beginning of the season um, but again, just another staple, another guy that has been in this league for, you know, he was with the Chargers for many years and then came over to Carolina for one year in that trade that they did last year at this time. And, you know, he, he performed pretty well for Carolina. I mean, doesn't sound like they're going to bring him back because of the the amount of money that they would have to invest in him again. And I think they're really trying to uh probably get younger at that position as well. I mean, what would your what would your opinion on somebody like this? Now granted, he he's 33 years old. Again, like the rest of the guys that we talked about, he's a guy that probably doesn't have many years left. Yeah, play level wise, I mean, he's probably somewhere in the middle between my opinion on Villanueva that's not great and Trent Williams who is stellar um talent wise, um but he's a guy who struggles to stay on the field. And I mean, the number one key to having a successful career in any sport is availability and being on the field. And he's just struggled with that for the most part of his career, especially here down the stretch. Um, so, I mean, Russell Okung, um, I believe it's Okung actually, um, Russell, Russell okay. Okung, but, uh, I just don't think bringing in a guy who has injury um, history there is probably the best bet if you were going to go get a veteran. Um, I mean, like we said, I mean, we're team draft, but if we were to go get a guy, a veteran to play right away, I would want it to be somebody who is very consistent. Um, I don't need him to be stellar, but I want him to be a guy that can come in. I know he's going to know what he's doing and he's going to block the guy in front of him for long enough for a guy like Carson Wentz to make a play. Um, and as soon as Russell Okun gets hurt, I would just be a little concerned that we'd have a similar situation to last year where we're going to have to go into the depth tackle spot that I hope we're going to fix a little bit this offseason um, because the bit, the swing tackle spot this past year was a, was a big hole the entire roster. Yep. All right. So let me pick your brain here a little bit because you and I were talking about this guy right before we started this podcast. Tell me what you think here about a guy like Joe Haig, a guy that was here two years ago 
and, you know, was really making a name for his himself for his flexibility and being able to play multiple positions. He was the guy that, you know, he was a, a role piece per se. And then when injuries struck the offensive line for Indianapolis, Joe Haig came in and really solidified himself as one of the better options on that whole offensive line. And then obviously went to Tampa Bay this last year, you know, got paid a couple million to uh, be that kind of role for Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. What are the odds of Joe Haig potentially coming back? Maybe he gets that starting left tackle role, or maybe they bring him in as an, a piece and maybe move somebody else into a different spot. Yeah, so I mean, I think Ballard has never been shy about how much he thought Joe Haig meant to this team when he was here. Um, his ability and just honest availability just to go out and play any spot that they asked him to. Um, he didn't have to play center when he was here, um, but he, he lined up everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, in my opinion, last year, he was the biggest guy that I was upset to see leave. Um, yes. I mean, we knew Eric Ebron was going to be gone. Um, so, I mean, that didn't really concern me a lot. I mean, the Pierre Desir cut was surprising. Um, but, I mean, honestly, I think we all got over that pretty quick. Um, but, I mean, Joe Haig was a guy that I wanted back. Um, because I knew how important he was to be able to use as a six lineman at times in the run game um, or to be able to come in and play for a guy um, like Costanza who struggled to stay healthy a little bit here. And so, and we saw how much we missed him when Costanzo missed games this past year. Um, and that was a big deal um, for that. And I would love to have Joe Haig back personally. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if I would, I don't know if I'd give him the starting job. Um, maybe if you don't think your rookie's ready, um, if we're going to go draft one, he can do that. Cause I know he went to Tampa Bay with the hope that he would get a starting job um, and he'd be able to run with it. There um, didn't work out well. They didn't use six linemen as often as Indianapolis did. So he didn't really get as much work um, whenever Tampa ran the six linemen. He was the guy who came on the field to be it. Um, so he was still their number one depth guy. Um, but I mean, now it just comes down to, do you want to return to where a team you just won a Super Bowl with? If you're going to be a depth piece anyway, um, mm-hmm. or, or do you want to come back to Indianapolis where you had a little bit of more success? Yep. Um, so now that we've gotten through all the names that I kind of written down, let me just kind of throw a few names out here at you and see if, uh, see how you feel about some of these other guys here. And one that catches my eyes is Cameron Irving. Uh, the tackle from Dallas, 29 years old, 2020 market value was two and a half million. What would you think about a guy like Cameron Irving, who, you know, last season had to come in due to the fact that, you know, Dallas had so many different offensive line changes, had to come in. And, you know, I thought he wasn't, he wasn't terrible, thought he, you know, played relatively decent given the, uh, given the circumstances he was put into. But what did you think about a guy like Cameron Irving? Yeah, so I mean, he's another one that I think is probably an option if you want to have a gap guy at tackle, but also more so towards the depth piece. Um, But because I personally think the Colts, if they do draft a tackle, it'll be in the first two rounds. Um, And if you do that, I think that guy is just going to start day one. But I think you have to add depth guys as well. I think that's as much of a need as starting tackle depth, um, especially yes. if it's going to be a rookie. I mean, there may be some learning curves where the rookie needs to get sat a few games. You don't know. Yeah. Um, and I think it'll be important to grab guys that you that have had experience starting in the NFL as a number one priority. And number two, um, maybe that are young enough to be able to do that, that for you for a while. 
Um, because I mean, Loraven Clark was here for a while. Um, the team will not say anything bad about him, but I mean, Loraven Clark just isn't good. Um, I mean, he he's just struggled <laughs> with his time here. His okay, time let me go. just ask you right off the bat, just because I can. Loraven Clark or Chaz Green? You bring back one of them. You had to. Who are you picking? Man, uh, I mean, you had to. Me, me and Michael at Colts Brawl, we, we, we've talked about this a little bit. Honestly, I think Chaz Green outperformed Loraven Clark this past year, personally. Oh, wow, really? Um, okay. if, if, if Zach Hicks is listening, I apologize for <laughs> pier- piercing your ear on that one. But honestly, I, I felt like when Chaz Green was in, it just felt like he handled himself at a better rate than Loraven Clark did. Um, now, um, Raven Clark also had some way tougher assignments um, when he had to ask yes. he asked to come in. Um, he had he went up against Miles Garrett um, in the Browns mm-hmm. game, and Garrett was having a year at that point that was ridiculous. Um, and then he ended up missing some games, so he got he got a little bit pushed off his realm of what he was going to finish the year at. But honestly, I think Chaz Green outperformed Raven Clark last year. All right, all right. Well, we'll, we'll let the comments go ahead and. Uh have their little feud on that one. Um, hopefully none of you would listen to that, but um, let me, let me just bring back one name here that uh, now this is a name that honestly, I don't believe that is going to leave this team because when he got injured this year, a lot of people were really saying how, you know, impressive he was and how great he was playing until he up and got injured. And then everyone was saying, well, he'll be back. Another name that was drafted by Indianapolis in 2017, but eventually left the team, and that was Zach Boehner, who is now the right tackle for Pittsburgh. Any objections to potentially this move? I mean, again, he was playing pretty well through those first couple weeks in the season, was looking really, really good. And Boehner even said that Chris Ballard, or letting him go, was actually the best thing for his career because he felt like he had a reality check and he had to pick up his player. He realized his dream was going to be gone and it looked like it was making a good turn until he got injured. Yeah, so I mean, Banner was a guy that coming out of the draft process, um, his metrics just jumped off the screen. He's huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, in both ways, tall and he's just a big. He's just a big dude. Um, so that paired with how athletic um, he tested out as, uh, I mean, he fits the Ballard scheme. He fits the Ballard type of guy, which is why we drafted him. Um, he came into camp overweight, um, and he came into weight just completely out of shape. Um, yeah. and he wasn't able to complete some of the running drills um, on the field. Um, I'm, I'm sure it was a pretty embarrassing situation for him uh, as a pro coming in in that rookie campaign, and which is why it ended up being that he got cut um, because that that's something that needs to be noted because it's very hard to be drafted that high that year and not make the training camp roster. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Like That's a tough thing to do. Um, and I think he would admit that. I think he's been very professional with how he's handled it. Um, I think he understands why he was cut. I think he understands that he got given a really solid second chance and then sadly got hurt. I, I was enjoying watching him in Pittsburgh. I have a buddy who's a Steeler fan, and I watched a few games, um, th- thankfully having Sunday ticket. 
and being able to tune into some of those games when he got to start. And I felt like he was an immediate upgrade when he came in. Um, he mm-hmm. was mo- he was moving pretty soundly. Um, he was using his size to win reps. Um, and I think he's a guy that could be a long-term starter somewhere. Um, hopefully it just stays for the Pittsburgh Steelers because I think he has that familiarity with that system now. Um, but, mm-hmm. I mean, if he hits the market at a cheap value, I- I'd be – I'd be willing to bring him in, um, especially because I think he can be a backup tackle in this league for a long time. Yeah, gotcha. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for the uh, tackles that we're going to look at. We know there's a lot of different names here that could be considered depth pieces, but you know, Destin and I have both uh, gone on the train here of wanting to get a left tackle in the draft. It's the cheaper option and the more logical option for, say, so let us know what you guys think in the comments. What do you, Who do you think the Colts should uh, potentially look at? Do you think we should just stay away from free agency uh, when it comes to the left tackle position? Is there somebody that we didn't talk about that you think we should take a look at? Thank you guys so much for tuning into this. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.